Welcome to Hallel Fellowship, found on the internet at hallel.info. That's H-A-L-L-E-L dot I-N-F-O. We hope you are encouraged by the following recorded Bible study to look deeper into every word that proceeds from the mouth of God and how they were lived out in the life of Yeshua HaMashiach, often called Jesus the Christ. This is a fun Torah portion. The ten spies are always, well, twelve spies are always interesting, um, as well as uh, the different contrasts we have, as well as uh, the commandment that Messiah gave to, to his disciples. Before we go into this spiel, I want us to talk about today, um, and I can't see you very well, but obviously Jeff can. Any questions or comments regarding that they come up while the readings are going through that we can address now? Um, I mean, not address them when I get to my stuff. There's no comments, that's great, but otherwise, anything, any questions or comments regarding this Torah portion that had gone through as well as, or, or the section of Joshua or of Matthew? There's one question for you. Go ahead. So, this is Anne. I'm just wondering, ahead, we got through with, uh, you know, the spies went out and they came back and, and, uh, and, and the Lord was ready to wipe them out and just make Moses his new uh, so, body. So, yeah. So, and then we went right into going into Jericho, or did Mm -hmm. we, right? So, so, but there's no sequence, right? I mean, it's not a sequential type of thing that happened, I mean, right? So, wasn't there a plague or something that came upon the people after they, after they did that? Right, so there's a sequence of of, of different uh, corrections and plagues that took place. Um, You will note that the previous Torah portion, which covered a lot of the different people complaining about meat and complaining about uh, the food they had or didn't have, whatever they were after, various complaints um, and, and various other issues that came along the way and God would send, hey, I'll, I'll take care of this or I will correct this. Even, for example, last Torah portions, Miriam's complaint with Moses regarding that topic uh, that she got obviously struck with the plague, literally uh, a plague on her. But uh, anyway, there's, there's continuous cycles of plagues and corrections that go through, there'll be more as you go through the Torah portions as it continues on through numbers, there are more of them. But uh, at that moment in time, there was a plague, if I recall correctly, it is in, let's see, go back to my book for a minute. I have Joshua open right now. Uh, let's see here, when they killed, they killed the spies, Let's see here. The plague, well, actually, in this instance, the people themselves are the ones that said, in in other words, they they kind of created their own plague upon themselves in the form they said, well, we're going to go ahead and go up anyway, in spite of what God said. It resulted in a lot of dying in the process of that, too. So there's there's a a perpetual cycle of execution or killings uh, to wipe out the generation. And it's a blessing that we may think about, you know, death is not a good thing, per se. But it's a blessing in that God gave them only a 40-year time span to be corrected, to be uh, to gotten rid of that whole generation. The reason is because most people would not necessarily die in that 40-year time span. Uh, you know and I know that the vast majority of people in, in, in cultures, if you take out you know, birth deaths of, of being labor, would live up into their 60s and 70s and 80s. Uh, which is pretty uh, not 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 terribly uh, common to die too terribly young. So he condensed that to forty years, which allows that forty-year time span to wipe out that generation 
in just 40 years instead of the standard 60 years, which is kind of a blessing in, in one way as far as trying to keep them down. But there are a sequence of, of plagues that take place that continue on the cycle. But the plague that immediately followed those 10 spies' deaths was, um, was the people themselves going on and say, we're going to go fight anyway after Moses said you can't. Yeah, I just I was going to ask: Are you going to go over the difference between the Moses is sending out those twelve spies versus forty years later when Joshua sends out two? Yeah, <laughs> we are going to cover that topic. Yeah, that's I think it's fascinating. They went from twelve to two because <laughs> this this topic is going to come up uh, when we go later on. Actually, it was early. I can't remember the verse off the top of my head. Um, it comes to the Torah portion, which discusses you know, witnesses of things, like when you believe one witness versus you know many witnesses, and how you distinguish what, what you're supposed to listen to. Uh, and this is interesting that he goes from 12, the first time Joshua says, well, just two is good enough. Because <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll I know it. one thing that I was reading with Habad, I was reading a Habad article, one difference that they noted is, is that even though we refer to Moses' quote, 12 spies, Right. They weren't really spies. They don't seem to be spies in what we think of spies in our modern day in terms of when you read articles about the, what the CIA does in different countries, they send somebody out that looks as much like the people as possible. They know the language perfectly. They blend in. Whereas it seems yeah. like Moses' spies, they went two by two to different parts of the country. That They seemed obvious that they were at least tourists, right? They didn't go out of their way to hide. Like the, like your cute little picture behind you. <laughs> Maybe they did. Maybe they did do a lot of subterfuge, but it doesn't seem to be that's how they did it. Whereas later on, when Joshua sent out only two, it does seem that they were doing, making a little bit more effort to actually hide. Exactly. There's a difference. There's a, there's a fundamental difference between what was... The, 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 the reason is there were two separate objectives being addressed here. Uh, you correctly point out that uh, Joshua had a different goal in mind than what Moses did. And, 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 and I would argue, although it, the, later on in Deuteronomy, it says it implies differently, that Moses and God kind of were working together on this whole 12 spy thing, uh, which we'll discuss that a little bit more later. Uh, but yes, we'll discuss, discuss because the objective was different. The purpose of why they were going was different. And, uh, and there's a reason why we're talking about that, which is it's, 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 it's human nature. We'll discuss that a bit, a bit about that today. Yeah, one more. Hi, Daniel. It's Larry. Hey, Larry. Um, <clears throat> I have heard a lot of castigations of those of the, the spies for going out and investigating. But at the beginning of the reading, it said that God told them to go out. Correct. And in Deuteronomy, it says God had that Moses said they, that they are the ones who wanted to go out. So we have two different two different conflicting accounts as far as why they went out. But yes, go ahead. Well, I, I just I'm just pointing that out. I'm thinking that. It, Maybe that's because of what you just said, that we got <clears throat> two different um, versions of it. And, uh, and he was just confirming, he said, okay, if you want to go out, go ahead, you know, and uh, it's up to you. But, I mean, I've heard people say they should have just asked God what it was like. In fact, they must have known that it was good because God said it was good. And therefore, they should have not bothered with that. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I believe, well, we'll be like, we might like, get to that topic as far as what God's motive was, because it, that's a little bit uh, sketchy. We don't, God didn't spell out all the reasons why he wanted something done. It was just that something was done. 
And knowing our God, uh, he knows the inside of a person far better than we would ever imagine to do. So I think there's a reason we can, we can infer based on the outcome what God's reasons were for allowing the spies to go. Um, but yes, I think it's a blend of both the people wanting, because Moses says, you, you people, he says 40 years later, the you, the, or 38 years, 38 years later, you, the people, you guys want to go out. And so I agreed and we sent out spies. And of course, now the spies, you know, obviously a bad, a bad report. Um, and as opposed to this account, we have the God says to send them out. So two different, two different accounts, conflicting accounts. But to be fair, I think it's a little bit of a blend that the people did want to go. God did allow it, but there's a specific reason why God allowed it. And that's, um, that was what we're, we're going to talk about. What was not not the God, and not, not to imply that we have no no God's, God's motives, but we do know the end result and what caused that result. That's what we talk about a bit because it affects all of us today. We still have the same inherent built-in problem those ten spies did. It's it's, it's common. It's human nature. All right. Well, hope we can get into this a little bit today. Any other questions we have? All right, well, to start out here, <clears throat> first of all, you know, hi from Wyoming. <laughs> um, my kids are all in the living room there, so we'll see them later. Uh, when it comes to, we have to ask the question, is, so the, the fundamental beginning, why did God send the spies out? Well, actually, I have a question for you. Don't answer it, just think about it for you, in, in, in your head for a minute. Uh, we have to go, why God would want to do this, and it implies the implication of sending out is to spy out the land. The idea being to either say, hey, I want this section. What does that section look like? And they brought back fruit, the, 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 the produce of the land. And see, the land was, was good. That was the, that was the, the overall um, theme or purpose behind, at least on the facade, as far as why send them out. But I argue there's a few other details we're going to talk about here as to what was going on inside the people. Um, you will note that this tour portion comes directly following a series of people testing God. All right? you, don't, you can't produce enough meat for all these people, as Moses said. Yes, we can. And God, is God's arm short? Right? Of course you can. He can produce a lot of meat. Obviously, all the birds. But then what was the result of the birds? A whole bunch of people died. Well, was, that, was that what they were intending? Were the people saying, I'm hungry so that I can die? Was that, was that their goal? Of course not. And as far as also the, the lack of bread, the, the manna to eat, well, we're sickness manna, we're tired, it's just all this manna to eat, or something else. Well, again, well, why would somebody ask these questions? Why does somebody bring these issues up to God, these issues up to Moses? Well, typically they bring up because they're complaining. So they don't want, I don't want this, I want that instead. I want this kind of improvement instead of that, the, the, those issues. That's their after. So there's something wrong, and they don't like what they currently have. That's pretty common. So, I'm putting up to you the theory being that if the God was saying, send the spies out or allowing them to send the spies out, what was the issue that people had? Now, if you keep in mind and think about all the different things that people have complained about and what they will continue to complain about and the issues they've had, what is the core problem that people are having? Is they don't, they can see God, well, not physically, they see his image, they can see the the, the, the cloud and, 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 and the fire going up above. They can see all that stuff. So they know God's around. But do they believe him? They trust him. They have faith in him. Uh, you and I, we all have to have faith. 
right? Well, I have a question for you. Does my faith that prevent me from being rebellious? No. Would my faith prevent me from being uh, lazy? No. So my faith prevent me from having fears? No. So my faith prevent me from being angry? Any, any emotion I can think of, my faith prevent me from having those emotions? No, it doesn't. Well, so if that doesn't prevent me from having them, even though people may be low on faith, which in fact they are, um, they have the same emotions, same fears, same concerns that you and I have all the time. Uh, what's tomorrow going to bring? Who knows? Maybe we concern ourselves with it. Maybe we don't. But we don't know what tomorrow brings. We have an idea. We don't really know. What's next year going to bring? I don't know. What's next 10 years going to bring? I don't know. There are things which we can work on and say, well, I can control this stuff, but I can't control that stuff. That's all I can't control is beyond me. What must I have to not worry about those things? Well, we have the principle of faith, the idea that we trust that God will take care of that space, that, that, that stuff that's beyond that I can see, that's beyond me. He'll take care of it. And that's a good thing. So if God is working with these people, he's been it for a year and a half at this point, a tour portion, almost uh, yeah, about a year and a half, but it's close to a year and a half. He's been in, in the 30, he's got 38 more years to go, but, but a year and a half or so the spies are sent out. Uh, put the year half out of Egypt because they went and it came out of Egypt in the springtime. A year went by, they built the, 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 the tabernacle, and then this is the time of grape harvest, which is basically like, you know, September, October. So it's been about a year and a half. They, 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 God's been working with them, teaching about faith, about what to do, what they shouldn't do, what it was, what's right, what's wrong, um, how to treat each other, how to not treat each other, the different rules and regulations, which went through a lot of Le- Le- Leviticus, a lot of it in Exodus, what you can and can't do. They've been understanding these things and learning these things along the way, which is good. They've done that. But any of you ever heard the concept of, it's actually, it's, it's done in, it's has two different labels, information bias or belief bias. And the idea that uh, I will have a set of information, let's say I have 10 facts, whatever they are, just make them up, about a given topic. And I say, well, I have a preconceived belief about this topic. So you give me 10 facts to work with. Well, these 10 facts, uh, four of them agree with my preconceived belief. Therefore, I accept those and hold on to them dearly. The other six don't. Well, because I have a preconceived belief, I will weigh the four of value. There's six I'll discard as if they don't exist. Ignore them. Turn them around. It's pretty common. We all do it. it it's it's basically about what we believe versus what we don't believe. Things that support our belief, our preconceived idea, whatever it is, we support and grade. It's a yeah, this is great. See and, and use as proof of why I believe it. Even if human nature later on, someone comes to us and the four things we said to support our belief and disproves each one of the four things later on, won't matter. My belief is too firm. I won't change it. That's human nature. All humans do it. We're all guilty of it. It's really almost impossible to not do it. It's just who we are. We have belief. We have ideas. We have concepts we consider and say, hey, these are valuable. This is what we do. This is what we want to believe and, and support. Now, let's apply the same principle to people out of Egypt. 
What is their preconceived belief? That Egypt was good. Egypt was easier. Egypt was less work. Yeah, there was slavery, but we had all the good things in Egypt. We had the great stuff there. This place we have over here now is a desert. A place that nothing really grows there. It's quite unpleasant, actually. Not much water. No land. No grass. No crops. I don't like this other place. Egypt was better. So anything that supports my belief that Egypt is better, I will grab a hold of and say, yes, Egypt better see. And it says otherwise, I'll disregard. I'll throw away. Unimportant. Not believable. I don't agree with it. So God can spend years trying to prove the place he's bringing them to and where they're at is better than Egypt was. But because of a bias people have, it won't work. Hence, what does God do? Let's replace them. They are not fixable. They cannot see what's in front of them and say it's right. They cannot observe what has happened to them. They can't go back to the past and recall the past, because this is a year and a half later, the last two years, including all the plagues of Egypt. Two years of a lot of the things that are proven, they both got us with them, as well as it's better than it was in Egypt. Those two facts cannot get through the preconceived idea that Egypt is better. Now, if this being the case, which we're all guilty of this human nature, we all do this, if this is the case, then what would the objective of God saying, go ahead, send the spies out? Now, mind you, does God know the outcome? He's got a pretty good idea. If he doesn't know it exactly, he has a pretty good idea of what's going to happen. He knows what the ten spies are going to do. He knows what they're going to say. He knows what they're going to be afraid of. He knows the hearts of the people, what they're going to believe or not believe. So if God knows the outcome, he knows what they're going to do. He knows not going to agree and say, this is a great place, we were all wrong, each was terrible, let's go in. He knows they won't do that. Then what is subjective? What's his goal? His goal is to demonstrate to them all that they will not change. They will not alter. Make it open and obvious to everyone. You cannot be changed. You're not willing to change. You are stuck in this permanent viewpoint. This is where you are. Mind you, this is reinforced in the Torah portion of Korah. The same principle, same thing comes up again. The same idea is reinforced. People are fixated on the idea that Egypt is better than wherever we're at and wherever we're going. Egypt was always better. Doesn't matter how many times you prove it, how many details come up, how many facts arrive, they can demonstrate otherwise. So with allowing the ten, ten spies to come up, all it accomplishes, because God only knows the outcome, as the outcome becomes evident to everybody. All people see, 
Moses sees, Aaron sees, Joshua sees, Caleb sees, all Levites see, uh, Eliezer uh, and all, the, all the, the, the other priests, they all see what is the, 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 the fixated belief that people are going to stay with. They're going to stay with the one belief system that Egypt is better. They're blinded to what's useful to them. Facts being brought don't matter. Inspiration brought to prove otherwise doesn't matter. Their belief is fixed. You can't change it. Does it make sense so far? So God already knows the details. So we can say, well, people are rebellious or, 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 or they're lazy or, or they're fearful. Yeah, 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 that's true. They're all those things. But they have a pre-belief system that they can't fix. They can't alter. They can't twit change it. If you recall, Moses had a preconceived idea also when God first talked to him. And said, hey, with the burning bush thing, go back. And Bo said, they're going to believe me. I had no proof. I can't. I have a bad speaker. I choose somebody else. Most of the preaks, I will not change. So finally, God got angry with him. With all these different signs, the snake and the, and the, and the, the, the hand thing and, and, and the blood and everything else. He said, fine. We said, Aaron with you, but go. And Moses finally relented. If you notice Moses' character as he goes through the story with Pharaoh, you see that Moses seems to get a little bit more, how do you say, confident. A little less worried. Initially, he is because people say, well, I'm not going to make my life worse. Thanks, Moses. Good job. Now I'm terrible. You're, you're making my life awful. It's all your fault. Moses took the blame. Yeah, it's all my fault. God, why, why are you doing this? Well, later on, Moses says, yeah, 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 whatever. Come on. Take the land of your posts. We, we got to get out of here. <laughs> not gonna ignore your, your complaints for just before we're gonna pass it get you to get you through this. So Moses seems to change, and God told Moses, I'm gonna make you like a god to Pharaoh. And he did. In fact, essentially, Moses' character is acting like a god in Pharaoh's face. Now, Moses, when he's first told that with the with the burning bush, did he believe that? And I doubt it. And then he believed that. He may have faith that God would be around, but to believe that was a hard thing to do until. All along the way, when Pharaoh goes this, and Pharaoh could have killed Moses at any point in time if he chose, but Pharaoh was afraid to. He obviously was afraid to. He could have just said, Moses, I'm going to kill you now for, for doing for play number two. But Moses, just kill him off. Get rid of this guy. He didn't. Why? Pharaoh feared, feared him. Pharaoh's afraid. Clearly, he's afraid. Pharaoh killed people for less reasons. Much less all these plagues he's bringing. He easily killed him. He didn't. So Pharaoh obviously feared him. Pharaoh feared him in the fashion you would fear a God, somebody who's greater than you are. So Moses was lifted up in his faith and trust in God. His belief bias, his constant, his, his, his worldview changed with time. But the spies, the 10 of them, and those people in general, did not. Did not alter. They went through the plagues, didn't make a difference. They went through the, the, the Red Sea, didn't make a difference. They went to the, the manna, didn't make a difference. The, the quail didn't make a difference. Uh, there is another way to look at this, which is better for the people, in that it's in, if in military terms, there's strategy and tactics, right? So the strategy mm-hmm. was go in and, and get this land that I promised you, and the tactics are figure it out. You have to go and look, <laughs> look and just like he does with the Torah, he gives us a lot of, a lot of laws that he doesn't tell us how to fulfill, right? We need to figure that out. And so they could go. In that, 
So they needed to go in and look at it and see, okay, how are we going to go about doing this? We've got to go this and, first and that first and over to these people and wipe them out first and stuff like that. Right, right. And that's a fair point. And I think it's and it's also probably one of the many reasons that God had or God intended to to, to send them along, along the way. It's not say God, but people wanted to go look and see how they're going to do this. And so there, there is some legitimate, there's obviously legitimate reasons to why they went. There's also there's also problems as far as what the outcome was going to be that God knew what the outcome would be. But they were not going to change their viewpoint. They were going to change who they were and their and their philosophy in life. The people weren't going to be changing anytime soon. So they, um, they didn't really follow the strategy that all the way, which is trust me and do what I say. And the deep right. And this is, you, but not the whole system. Don't go in there. Now, and, and the people obviously, correct. You're right. They didn't fully trust God. But I asked you, Larry, a question. Were the people afraid still? Were they still afraid of the process? So if, 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 if I trust God wholly and completely, am I going to fear still? Well, there's some things I can fear, even though I trust God. And some things I don't fear isn't because courage, I trust God. Isn't courage going ahead and doing what's necessary despite your fear? That is true. And what, what, was, what was Joshua told? Joshua was told when Moses died, be courage and good strength. So have courage, be strong, and have courage. It's going to be a hard thing. So this, the, 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 the men that went, were, I don't think they were weaklings. I don't think they were, they were, they were, they were, they were gutless men, per se. But amongst them, Joshua and Caleb, the ones actually had the courage to say, yeah, this is fearful. This is scary. So what? Let's go do it anyway. That's a good thing. You'd want that inside your, 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 your men who are going. They had this. They had those two men were far easier for God to convince was a good, great thing versus the rest of the went, went. It was not so easy to convince. But I have a question for you regarding this concept of, so you may have fear. I may have fears. The ten spies had, spe- had fears. The, the, the people of Israel had fears. They all wanted to, even though as far as fears were better off back in Egypt because it was better. It was less fearful. They knew what Egypt was. They didn't know what this new place was. But when we do have fear, are we, or correction, are we supposed to have fear? It's a question. Are we supposed to have fear? Well, yes. Fear is a good thing. Fear is for doing foolish things. But one of the important things to have fear is fear of what? Fear of dying? Well, no one likes to die. Fear disobeying God. Fear of our God. That's we have fear. I believe this uh, Psalm 23, the famous Psalm, like, I should feel no evil, though I am surrounded by death on all sides, or shadow of death all around me on all sides, because you're with me. So what's he fearing? Well, he's not going to fear evil. He's not going to fear death. He's going to fear the things that are around him. What's he going to fear? Well, he can fear it be God himself. When Miriam was supposed to be afraid to complain against Moses, she wasn't. So fear isn't necessarily a bad thing. What are you afraid of? What are you not going to observe? What are you going to follow because you're afraid? Um, the people are supposed to fear, but not fear men. Fear God. I believe that was in the, uh, the, 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 the apostolic writings in, in Matthew. Uh, 10, we said that you do not fear. You're, 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 people will, will persecute you. They'll, 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 they'll scourge you. They'll, 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 uh, these are for persecute. Uh, is it don't fear? Just go to the next city and do the same process there. Just, just follow your God. It, it, don't, don't, don't worry about the things that's going to happen. Now, it's interesting, at least to me, 
why, why they wanted to return to Egypt. Um, the walk that we walk with our God, it doesn't make us fearless people. Well, I'm not a fearless person. So most of you aren't either. We have our fears. But what are we afraid of? It, it, it seems, I, I mean, I can, I can do a, a cursory, you know, surface type of, of, of blanket statements as well. Uh, they're, they're, they were afraid of going into the new land. Well, no, they're afraid of dying. That's what they're afraid of. That Egypt was better. Now, mind you, weren't they also dying in Egypt? They were also dying there too. Life wasn't great. They seem to have forgotten that part, but life wasn't great. People died there too. Not via a sword, but with whips. Still died. Workload, still died. Life wasn't fixed, wasn't all rosy and wonderful. It was hard there too. And they died there in the wilderness really for a year and a half. Yeah, I'm sure some have died. They're buried along the way. They went through the plagues. The, the, the corrections that God went through as far as, you know, different, different uh, issues and problems they had. People died. They buried them. People died all the time. So they're afraid of this particular thing. So, as Larry, you point out that you're supposed to have courage in spite of this, this fear you have. And, and it's okay to have fears. We have fears. But what are we supposed to be afraid of? Fears of our God. Not of the men. The Messiah pointed out to his disciples also that do not fear the ones who kill the body, but the kill the body and the, and, and the spirit, which of course referring to God the Father in the same, in the same uh, Matthew 10. The idea of what you're afraid of matters. Not that you say have or don't have fears, but what you're afraid of is what you're supposed to focus upon. What I'm supposed to focus upon, what 10 spies was supposed to focus upon, what all of Israel was focused upon, what Moses finally focused upon. Strictly being afraid of God. Nothing else. No one else, no other ideas, persons, concepts, just God. Perfect. Good job, Moses. The rest of us, eh, not quite so great. We're working on it. We still have more than years to work on it. Hopefully a long life, but we'll see. Um, so in this case, the people obviously got their, 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 their information from 10, sorry, 12 spies. They have 10, which were bad reports, and two that were good. Now. If I'm going to make a judgment call, so you make a judgment call, or somebody else make a judgment call, when I say I, I gather information in, right? We have this rule, right? Two witnesses. That's a rule, two witnesses. Well, I got 10. Forget you two. I have 10. <laughs> 10 said it's a bad idea. Ha! Mine outweigh your two, right? Yeah, he's with kids. Majority rules. <laughs> the 10 clearly overruled the two. If I was going to do a trial, I had 10 witnesses on the stand, and 10 witnesses says, that guy's guilty, and two says, no, I saw something different. Who am I going to believe as a juror? We got 10 independent guys versus two independent guys. Well, I, had 10, I say independent because they all went. They all saw their own viewpoint. They all went. They all said they came back. Um, who am I going to believe? Well, naturally, if I follow the Torah's instruction when it comes to, to witness the rule, I say, well, I got 10 over there. I got two over there. Those 10 agree, and those two over there agree with themselves. But note, those two did not say that 10's viewpoint was wrong and that, that they had big, giant people there. 
The two witnesses didn't say that they didn't have big, giant people there. They said, it's okay, we can take over them anyway. We can fight them anyway. We're, we're good. We'll, we'll be fine. So they didn't contradict by 10. So I only have, I only have 10 witnesses to say it's a bad idea. I had the other two saying, well, it's, it's, it's not necessarily a bad idea, but yeah, what they saw was kind of accurate, but it's still not a bad idea. All I'm getting is saying, I actually technically have, you could argue, 12 witnesses that say this is a really bad, bad, dangerous idea because of all these bad, big, bad, burly men. Um, and two, saying well, we can take them on anyway. If I was going to follow the Torah rule, say, well, 10 witnesses or two witnesses are all required to establish a matter, of course, it's technically, technically it's confined the area of death penalties. But still, the principle still would apply. I have a whole bunch of witnesses saying, this is a bad idea. Who would I believe? Mind you, I already have a bias that says in my head, this is a bad idea anyway. So who would I believe? The ones that say, it's a bad idea. The people, the, people, the people I can see. The ones in front of me. Those I can talk to. Yeah, well, I could uh, definitely vouch for the fact that 83% of reporters are definitely full of it. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious what normal human beings would do. Hence, I have a comment for you regarding this topic. Not that we read this, this Torah passage, but we know it. We know it uh, sorry. A passage from the New Testament the Messiah was brought to. This is they accused him of being his own witness. You're your own witness. You, and he says, yes, that may be, but the witness is true because I'm from God. Even if I am my own witness. Now, then it's yourself, okay, obviously that's, you know, what, 1,500 years later, give or take, uh, the Messiah says that. But at this point in time, so I've got 10, it's a bad idea, Two that don't technically disagree with their facts they, that they came across, just the conclusions, but the factual they, they, that they agree with. I've got Moses over there that says, hey, we should do it anyway. That says, yeah, this is a good idea. We, this is God's will. But remember, I have God. God who I can see with the cloud. I can see with the, the fire. I can see the cloud move around. And Moses glows when he speaks to him. <laughs> God's there. I saw God part the sea. I saw God with ten plagues. I saw God split the rock. I saw all these things that God's doing. Regardless of how many witnesses I have, when God says something, I'm supposed to fear Him. How many witnesses do I need? Just one. Hey, Daniel. One greater. Yes. Go ahead, Danny. What I see is the biggest problem with the 10 spies. It's like what you Go said. Ahead. They all had the same basic facts insofar as everyone agreed that there was large amounts of produce, the men were large, the cities were fortified. They all agreed basically on that. Yep. As I see it, the problem with the 10 spies is that they didn't stay in their lane. Explain. The, what do you the, mean none of in- the spies were sent there to ascertain the military oh, prowess right. of the land. That was God's job. God's job. God had that. That's true. That's a good point. That was a factual thing they brought back that wasn't relevant technically. Although I thought Moses said, I could have sworn he said, the people there are large or fortified. Let me double check that again. I think he said, uh, let's see the names. Oh, yes. Verse 8 says, see land, how it is, and the people that dwells in it. Is it strong or weak? Is it few or numerous? 
And how land and how is the land in which it dwells? Is it good or bad? And how the cities which dwells are they open or are they fortified? And how is the land? Is it fertile or is it lean? And are there trees or not? You shall strengthen yourselves, take from the fruit of the land the days for the season for the first ripe grapes. So they are supposed to assess certain things, whether the cities are open or closed, are they open to walls? Um, is the land strong or weak? Now, I interpret that to mean, I could be totally dead wrong here. The land is strong or weak implies that, is it militarily strong or militarily weak? But it may not say it doesn't be that. But you no, what, start- I mean, what I mean, though, is, is where they didn't stay in their land, it's fine to say there are fortified cities. You know, right. and there is a lot of produce. There are the men are taller than us, or whatever. But where they did not see in their lane is is that they made an interpretation. They're like the infantrymen. They're like the privates and the corporals. In a war, right. they will tell the yeah, generals just, and the admirals, "Okay, this is what we saw." But it's the job of the admirals right. and the generals to say, "Okay, we can either do this, this or we cannot." Their general was right. Hashem. Their general was Moses. So they were supposed to That's, give that information to Hashem and Moses, and then they would make the call as to whether the land was ready to be taken or not. That was not their call, but they decided to make an interpretation, call. spread that interpretation to the people, poisoned their minds, and destroyed morale. That's true. You have a great, excellent point there. They did make a judgment call, which was not supposed to be their call to make. They're supposed to find information out, the best way to approach land, that kind of thing, as far as the, 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 the terrain, that kind of details. You're, you're right. They, you're absolutely right. They did bring up a judgment call that they were not supposed to make. They were not, they were not in charge to make those types of calls. That is true. They did bring the facts back. And those facts, I mean, I can't say necessarily who they should, shouldn't share them with because facts are facts. But the people themselves were clearly afraid and they helped make them afraid. And I, I don't know about you personally, but I've seen a few details in my life when it came to uh, group think mentality. If you have enough people think this, everybody says, well, I think it too, and they all join on. So of, amongst the 10 spies, if they even convinced, I don't know, legitimately 10 of the people, well, it's a large chunk. And everybody says, well, I'll group think it and agree with them, which group think is not very smart. It's usually, you know, the funky, you know, weird conclusion people come, come up with, with when it's a group thinking as opposed to individual thinking. But you're right. They, they, you're, they, correctly, they did not, they, they, they made judgment calls amongst the data they collected. Um, and which is which was wrong. That is absolutely true. Uh, so we have this 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 returning back. Oh, sorry. So the people themselves obviously were afraid. No, this is bad. We're not here to go. This is we're, 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 we're returning back to Egypt. This is their concluding statement. They were returned back to Egypt after the spies the spies gave them their their information details. Well, they returned back to Egypt and or oh, sorry, they wanted to return back to Egypt. And of course, God says. Comes in, Moses, I'll start with you. These people just wipe them all out. They're not worth keeping. Moses, of course, appeals to God's mercy, which again, which is Moses did this a number of times. Right? That God's supposed to slow to anger. Don't, 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 don't defeat them. Don't destroy them all. And God obviously includes that he'll spend for 40 years, the balance, 38 more years, in the wilderness for the 40 days that spies have, have, been, have been touring the land. Now, this next question to you, repentance. You know, the people, they got their, their, their sentence. Obviously, ten spies are dead now. They got their sentence. They got the correction. They got their punishment, per se, that they only spend the next 40, 38 years, four years total, 38 more years of wilderness, until the generation from 20 and up are dead. So the kids below age 20 were not considered adults. They're, they're just under their parents' household. But those who are 20 and up, when they die, then they'll go in. Now, to be fair, 
I can't specify it's all male and female. It appears that males, of course, females may or may not necessarily have been that category because they're the ones who make decisions to go to war or not. And also, you will note that there are at least some of the Levites, I can't say all, but we know at least one for certain, um, did not die. Uh, in fact, he made it through that he was uh, Eleazar, uh, Aaron's, uh, Aaron's oldest or oldest surviving son. He was over the age of 20 because he was serviced inside the, inside the temple, but he did not die in the wilderness either. So there are certain people that, even though it says Joshua and Caleb don't exceptions, there actually were, in fact, other exceptions too inside this list. The Levites, which I think one of the reasons why they're exceptions is because they were not represented in the spying process. The spies did not include their tribe. Uh, so I, they may have been you know, on the sidelines or I don't know what the details are. I'm not in God's shoes. Well, Eliezer obviously made it through. So some Levites may or may not have made it through the 40 years. Either way, that was their sentence, 40 years. And then like all good people, all good kids, all good, all of us say, wait a minute, that's the punishment? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean it, honest. Right. You didn't mean it. Mm-hmm. I'll repent. I come back. Uh, I'll do it. I'll do what you say. Right. After you get the correction, then you say, "Oh, I'm really sorry, God. I didn't mean this. Uh, let me let me go back. Let me backtrack." Okay. Yeah, children would do that all the time. <laughs> Adults aren't supposed to do that, but children do that. We're supposed to be children. At least not in the capacity of, of children of God, but not 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 little children. But I have an honest question for you. What's the difference between them saying, God, I'm sorry I screwed up, versus me telling God when I make a mistake, God, I'm sorry I screwed up. Now, if they come back to God and say, God, I want to, I, I'm going to return and go back the direction you told me to go, which is back to invade the land like let's go up and go fight it. Versus me saying, God, I'm going to return back the direction you told me to go. go. Go follow the path you told me to follow. They're actually fairly similar, aren't they? Not identical, but fairly similar. Now, what makes them similar, but not necessarily identical? They're similar that they're all returning back to God. They're all saying, I want to return and go back the direction you told me to go. I'm repenting. I'm returning. I, I was wrong. I don't want to, I don't want the, 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 the bad things that the consequences that come here, that my consequences are worse than I expect or even thought about. I want to travel your route. Your route's best. That's what we call repentance. That's what we call that. Christianity does all the time. Judaism does all the time. Every faith in, in the Judeo-Christian God does all the time. Repentance. To repent, to return. But there's a few differences when we deal with repentance which was not displayed here in the people when they returned to Moses saying, let's go up after all. I will repent when returning. You see, when I repent, when you repent, the idea being that we're saying, okay, God, I made this mistake, whatever it is, just fill in the blank. doesn't matter. I made this mistake, I made this error, error of judgment, error of conduct, whatever it was, I made a mistake. And there's a consequence of mistake. The consequence I may still suffer through. I may still have consequences. If I, if I go out and hurt somebody 
And that was a bad thing on my part because for whatever reason I did so. And the, uh, I get arrested. The judge says, hey, uh, you hurt this person. And then here's your sentence. I can tell the judge, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. It was a bad idea. I apologize. I'll never do it again. Good. But it doesn't change the consequence. Here's the consequence the judge gave you. Uh, this, is what, this is what the result is. If, 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 I, if I say, but God, or if I tell the judge, but, but don't you understand? I'm really saying I'm sorry. I'm I, I really apologizing. Can't you comprehend that? That's what I'm doing. I'm trying, I'm trying to, 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 to pay back and just really express my, my repentance here. That's good. You should. I should. But that doesn't change the consequence. Now, I mean, well, what about mercy? Yeah, it is mercy. That's true. If I hurt the person, just not necessarily hurting me the exact same way, let's say I, I'm making this a bit worse. Let's say I, I cut off their hand. Just, well, mercy would say I, I'm, I'm going to avoid cutting your hand off. Because fair is I'd cut your hand off. But instead, I'm, I'm going to just throw you in prison for you know, five years, 10 years, whatever it is. That's merciful. So, well, God, I didn't mean to cut his hand off. It, it was wrong of me. I know I had the axe. I hacked it off because I was mad, but I was wrong. Yes, you were wrong. That's true. Here's your consequence. Don't do it again. So, just because I repent doesn't necessarily mean I avoid the consequence, right? Now, I might. There may be some instances which, which the, the judge may say, okay, I'm, I'm going to grant you mercy. And, I'm say, and, and beyond that, I'm actually going to not press charges or do whatever I don't, I don't, what the judge decides to do. It's our business, so I judge. That may happen, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I could avoid the consequence. So in this instance, I've got a consequence. People return to Moses, say, I'm going to return, I'm repenting, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. And that's true, you were wrong. This, you should be sorry, what you did was bad. Now here's a consequence. So, but, 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 but God said to do this. Originally, that's true, he did. That opportunity came and went. Now it's too late. You see, when I repent, it's twofold in that capacity. One, I return. The idea is to to shoot, to turn around and go back where you came from. I am turning around from my erring ways, going back the direction I came from. That's a good thing. I should do that. The, 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 The people in the Ten Spies... Well, they, they were dead. But the people up front that listened to 10 spies, they saw the error of their ways to shoot, turn around, went back to Moses, saying, let's go follow, let's go do what God said. That's a good thing. But what did God now say? God now said, new instructions given, your new rule, go back to the wilderness. So when I repent, I say, well, I'll follow God's word. It's written here in the Bible. I'll just follow it. That's good. You should. That's an honorable thing. That's right. That's justified. That's good. That's righteous. But I have to listen to what he says to me now. What did he tell me to go do? What was I supposed to do? I did something wrong. Now, how do I fix it? Well, there are rules and instructions on how to address these mistakes. Guess what? Follow the rules and instructions. Hey, Daniel. Can we return to most? Go ahead. Go ahead, Tammy. Yeah, the key I think here is that 
what the ten spies actually were expressing was regret and not repentance. That's correct. And that's what we always express the exact same thing. The idea of being repentance is, is you, you, you do regret what you did because I regret what I did wrong. But there's not a true heart behind the God, whatever you ask of me, I will do. They're pointing out that there are things which God now instructs you to do. The idea is that they, 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 they regretted and they came back. I didn't want to do this. I was mistaken. I was wrong. Repentance, you have regret too. I have regret when I have repented. I regret this mistake I made. So the emotion is still there. It's the same emotion. But the 10 spies, they were dead. But the people who followed 10 spies, they had the regret. And they had the, the, the emotion was the same as other repentance emotions are. But their objective is saying, well, what did I regret? What am I repenting from? Am I repenting from the fact that I didn't want to go into land and thought it was a bad idea? which is what I am repenting from, or what should I be repenting from? From not listening to my God. Yeah, yeah, because they, they didn't understand that. Because I think that's how we don't really understand either. Because it is rooted in the kind of the same emotion. You realize, oh, I did something wrong. And you feel right. bad about yeah. doing something wrong. So regret and repentance kind of come from the same initial emotion. But then you reach that fork on the road of... Yeah whether you're going to accept the consequence, like you were saying earlier, like if you committed a crime against someone and then now the mm-hmm. judge says you have to go to jail. So you had to reach that fork in the road. Now, are you really sorry? Meaning that you're just going to accept the guilty plea and then serve your jail time quietly and then pay the fines and whatnot? Or are you going to go the other way and say, oh yeah, I'm sorry, but you don't want to pay the consequence. So you're not really repenting. So you have that fork in the road about which way and that they had that fork in the road too. And exactly. Exactly right. That 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 it corrects. They're, they they have the same. It appears their repentance is very similar, though not identical. It's similar to what repentance would be, but it's missing a fundamental component. What are they repenting from? They're repenting from their mistakes. Repenting from their from from from, from the making the wrong choice, which is correct. But they didn't repent from the actual core of what their mistake was based on. They're repenting from. The fact they said, I'm not going to go. It's too scary. But what was the true mistake? True mistake was saying, God, I don't believe you. This is too scary. You can't do this. You're not strong enough for this. We're not, we're not, we're not, you, 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 you can't, you cannot overpower this. I don't believe you, God. That's where their actual mistake is. That's where their error really is. It's in their trust and belief of their God. So they, they perceive it as what's in front of them. I, I, I made a, a bad judgment call. Uh, here's a counsel. What the consequence? I didn't like this. It's a bad idea. Uh, I'll, God, I'm sorry for this mistake I made. Um, the mistake is more than just what's in front of you. The mistake is the core behind it. So I started out with this process, the idea of being the information bias, the idea that I believe bias, sorry. That I believe something that this belief doesn't change. They did it being, well, just because my mistake is right in front of my face, I can see it. Here's my error and consequence right in front of my face. What caused the error and consequence to be in front of my face? How did it get here to begin with? What's the core behind this? The core behind it is I allowed it to get this far. I allowed it to not pay attention where, where God is actually leading me. I've been following God for a year and a half. 
camp here, get up and move. Camp here, get up and move. Camp here, go move. Don't go, uh, don't go work on Shabbat. <laughs> eat this, don't eat that. Think I'm, I'm learning God's instructions. Daniel. Yes. Um, so I think I've got maybe just a little tad different spin. For me, true repentance is the act of accepting the consequence. I, repentance is a walk. It, it's not a prayer. It's not something we say. You know, mm-hmm. it has to be our lifestyle. Um, really, I wouldn't say it was premeditated, but in instances like this, trying to change, shift gears after you know what the consequence is going to be, it's really more manipulation than anything. You know, I mean, it's kind of like the kid with their hand in the cookie jar. They're actually not sad. You know, they're sad they got caught. Right. Like, they're not sad that they did anything that way. I mean, you know, they were hoping it would pay off. So, you know, this is kind of really, to me, I see it really more this way where, you know, basically what they tried to do (laughs) was get God back on their side by going back and trying to do the first thing he told them to do. And, you know, and it's really more manipulation than anything. I mean, even if they didn't really see it that way in the moment, that's really kind of what we're trying to do. And which is kind of the nature of those other nations and their gods. They, they thought, you know, if they did certain things, certain ways, it would make the gods happy. And then the gods would do these things that they wanted the gods to do. And so I think it's still kind of, you know, they're still, like you're saying, they're bringing these tendencies, beliefs, whatever, from where they came from with them. And they still haven't, you know, and to kind of go back to what you were saying is be afraid of God, you know, what else should we be afraid of? For me, I think that if I was actually afraid of God and what he'd do to me, I don't really think that would take me personally in a good place. What I'm really afraid of is to do something that I know he's not going to be on my side for. Like, I'm afraid to not have him on my side. But I've also had to weather a lot of things in order to get there. And each of us have those different, uh, those different aspects of our walk of repentance and walk with God. And, and I wanted to bring this out because I wanted to point out that in this, in this topic, these people, though they appear to be trying to repent in some way, they truly really aren't. It's not a true repentance at all. It's missing the fundamental components of Okay, I get my consequence. I'm not accepting the consequence. I want to fix and make you take the consequence away. And God is merciful. He's, he, he does a lot of things. And that's a good thing, which we, we, we can notice mercy. But the people themselves, the, the testing of what, this process, the testing of which God, well, are you God help walk them through this process of testing, testing of their faith, testing their belief, testing their even true repentance, whether they had true repentance or not. That all the 12 spies did and the reports they got, they, they, they believed, they, the, 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 the people had believed a particular report that they wanted to hold on to. Yet, that's what they wanted, that report brought in fear, and a fear of what the future was. And the consequence, if I make a mistake, have repentance, or sorry, the consequence come with it, I'm afraid of the consequence. Well, that's good, I should be afraid of the consequence, hence don't make the mistake again. But the consequence still lists, and a true repentant person accepts that consequence. Note that not all of the people went to go fight and fight this, 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 this up in the hills to fight the Amalekites. Many did, but not all of them did. 
Obviously, Moses didn't. Obviously, the ark didn't, which means the ark didn't go. That means the Levites didn't go because they're the ones who moved the, moved the ark. So for the most part, the Levite tribe didn't go. At least they stay behind. And I'm inclined to believe that so did Joshua, so did Caleb. They're obedient. They accepted, though it wasn't even their mistake. They accepted the consequence, which is truly profound. How many of us will accept other people's consequences? You made the mistake, the consequence goes upon me. Most will say, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold it, no, no thank you. <laughs> Let them go. I'll go on my own and I'll, I'll catch you in 40 years. I'm packing my bag. I'll just go find a little house up there. I'll, I'll buy it and just wait for you guys. And 40 years from now, you can come say hi to me. I'm taking off. <laughs> you got your own mistakes, your own screw up. That's your problem, not mine, right? That's our normal reaction. That wasn't, it wasn't Caleb's or Moses's. So I remember, my so turn. Who was it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I um, am guilty of myself, so I'm fairly certain that there might have been a few of them back in that time that were too. Um, the people come back and they come back with this report, and many people are saying, you know, we shouldn't go. And there's a, a remnant of people that are saying, no, 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 God's got this, we're okay. And then there's people like me that kind of sit there and wait to see. Which way is the more popular way so that you right. don't get nailed? And those people also got nailed. And when I'm trying to teach this story to younger kids in discipling, saying I'm not making a decision is making a decision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to teach that we need to know what's right. And then be courageous enough to take that stand. Right. Right. It's, it's like somebody just said, if you don't vote, you didn't vote. You can't complain. Yeah. But I mean, also, those, the people who didn't stand up and say, no, 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 this, this God does have it. We can do that. They just kind of were passive. They also suffered the consequences as, you know, I think that they should. And when I choose to be pacifistic, I have to suffer the consequences too. You're, you're part of a community. Just I'm a part of a community. Uh, when it comes to the, 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 the people who you talk to, the children, obviously, which in, in, in the, the Baptist church you up there at Judge Trinity, you talk to them and such, and they're always just that they've got, they have to understand that, yes, they're individuals. I said, yes, I'm an individual, but I am also a member of a community. So, as an individual, I may suffer my own personal consequences, but communities do too. I, I forgot the verse on my head, I don't know the address, but Jeremiah reports that when you were scattered about the different towns and cities and nations you live to, you live in, pray for their peace, even though they're not Jewish, they're not Israelite, they're not Christian, whatever you want to argue, there's any difference. Pray for their peace because through their peace, you have peace. So you may be an individual inside your town, your community, your church, whatever. But you're also a member. And if your town or community or church or country or whatever has its peace, then you have peace. Unfortunately, if it does has its war, guess what? You have its war too. It has its consequence, like this case that the, 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 the children of Israel did for 40 years. You have the community consequence too. Sorry for Moses. I'm sorry for Aaron. I'm sorry for Joshua and Caleb. 
I'm sorry for Eliezer and whoever else was not part, not, not participant, not, not agreeing to the people's will, who tried to resist and didn't work. I feel compassion for them. But they're also part of the community. And, and it's a blessing that they were and stayed with the community. Imagine for a moment if they all packed their bags up and said, okay, Israelites, you're on your own. We're out of here. What happened to all those Israelites? Will they be scattered or killed? Including their children who were under the age of 20. Because they'd go to their families. So, as a community, we have our difficult individuals. We also have our blessed, righteous individuals. They're in a mix amongst each other. But Moses and Joshua and Caleb and Aaron and all the other people who were who said this was we should go up originally, they stayed and they should have stayed. It was good, but they remained a blessing to those who were forced to stay because they're children. The children can't tell their parents, "Mom, Dad, you're wrong." <laughs> well, yeah, they did all the time actually. <laughs> That's as a commonly done now. Mom, Dad, you're wrong, but they're not supposed to. <laughs> they're supposed to say, "Mom, Dad, you're wrong." They're supposed to say, yeah, okay, yes, mom, yes, dad, we'll go do this or whatever, whatever the family does, we'll follow it. But at that point in time, I, I hope it was less, but maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe they don't change for all these years. <laughs> you know, all, all these generations, children still rebel. But yeah, uh, the idea that, that they still need the leadership too. People who are righteous and firm and didn't waver. And that was a good thing. Even though they had to suffer the same consequences. So it's hard. But you're right, Lorella, in the idea that when it comes to a scenario to not stand up, which you know is right, which you believe is right at least, is the same as saying this other person who is standing up is correct. You leave me to disagree. And that's wrong. That doesn't help. Doesn't help the dialogue, doesn't help the community, doesn't help the correct direction. I believe the proverb is a man is right in his own words until he's finally answered. <laughs> or you're hearing, I'm butchering that phrase. But it, whatever he answers, he says seems right until. Someone responds, says, uh, yeah, what about this? And, oh, oh, right, uh, yeah, uh, I didn't think about that. That's a good thing. So the idea is you, we should speak out, which Caleb and Joshua tried. Obviously, the intent was to kill them when they spoke up. At least they tried. Now, Moses, what time is it? I got ooh, 10 more minutes. So I will I I go a little bit of time into this. Um, we discussed repentance. I will not go through to 15, the idea as far as they introduced uh, wine to the, to the, to the, to the process of the, of the offerings and such when they brought the grapes in and other details. I want to hit a little bit of topics back onto Joshua chapter 2, as well as uh, the portion of, of, of Matthew 10. So in Joshua 2, we have a different type of scenario. As we brought, as the Bible earlier, we were started up that, that, that Moses sent 12 in and Joshua just hints he just sends two in, two is sufficient to get the witness going. And, witness going. and when you, that those two men, or I say they were men, yeah, they were men, two men were, may have been, I don't know if they were or not, but may have been alive during the time 40 years earlier, because it doesn't give them their ages, 40 years earlier when their parents, you know, got the axe, so to speak, or 38 years earlier. You know, the axe part that they're going to be dying. So those two men would have, would have, would have seen, at least watched their, their parents die off, 
watch their grandparents die, watch their uncles and their aunts, and they die. And be explained over and over again why, even if they weren't alive at the time, I don't know, I don't know their exact age. But either way, they, 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 the whole story was told upon them. They experienced it. They understood what it all was. They have far more compelling ambition in the new land. Because mind you, if they weren't born in the wilderness, they at least grew up in the wilderness. They don't have a good memory of Egypt at all. Egypt is a distant memory, if, if any at all. Maybe, maybe zero memory if they're, if, they're, if they're young enough. So all they have is wilderness or land. There isn't a, let's go back to Egypt. It's wilderness or land. That's the only two options they got. They'd rather have the land. Mind you, they already went through the Amorite king and the, the king of Og and wiped them out. So they say these guys were not incompetent warriors per se. But they go through and contrast Rahab's or Rahab's, you know, pronounce her name, her faith and belief in a God who she doesn't even know. She wasn't led the wilderness for 40 years. She didn't go through the Red Sea. She didn't go through the, the 10 plagues. She didn't have the rocks below the water that were gushing out. The, the, the quail didn't show up on their, her doorstep. Men didn't fall from heaven from, for her. She didn't get any of those things. But look at her faith. As her words, her, her, her words were, uh, your God is the God of heaven and the God of earth. Because we heard with our ears what you did. That was all we needed. I believe uh, uh, Messiah said the same thing to Thomas. I think it was Thomas. Does want to see the, the, the thing on his, on, on his wrist and, and his feet and the hole in his side. And, and Thomas said, now I see you again. Now Messiah went, yeah, you seem to believe, plus those who don't, who, who don't see and yet believe. So here, Rahab, you didn't see this stuff yourself, yet you believe. That's impressive. That's just a faith that is far stronger. This is what I said, which is an excellent contrast. We had to see the conscience of the 40 years earlier, 38 years earlier, with the, the Israelites in, in, in the children of Israel going through the wilderness and getting this consequence of that they experienced these things and did not have the faith. For somebody else who, a Gentile, did not experience it, has no promise whatsoever. There's no guarantee she gets to live, no guarantee anything happens to her as a blessing, nothing of the sort, nothing at all is promised to her, but she believes and she clings on to it. That's impressive. The faith of Rahab, as obviously, which in just absolute writings lists her as one of the great faithful women, because she didn't experience it. She, she believed it all. She trusted that particular God. That's impressive. In contrast, the two. It's a blessing to have her as a witness for this. So, in her faith and her trust of them, she made a deal with ten spies. I'll keep you alive. You return the return favor. You keep me alive. Now, she didn't say, I want to inherit land with you. She didn't say, I want to attach herself to your tribe as now I'll be one of you. None of those requests. Just let me, my family, my father's household not die. That's it. All we ask of, let us not die. Well, not only that, you're not incorporated into the camp, but held out to the camp, but as part of it. So they, she and her family got to travel with them. As they move from place to place. Now, there may be other reasons why they got to hold her. Obviously, her, her family had been around and known there, Kenny pretty well, maybe rather useful to them. I don't know. But the point is that she got attached in that capacity. She got the inheritance, so to speak, that all of Israel got because of her belief. But her belief wasn't strictly belief because her belief was attached with an action. 
despise. We're supposed to have an action and a belief. They went to the, the, the new, new country, new territory of Canaan. The action was to spy it out and examine what the land was. But they brought their belief, a screwed up one, with them and blurted it all out. But this is dangerous. We can't do this. Which is the wrong thing to do. And people believe them. People follow the 10 spies. So our belief is a fundamental part of what we do. I started with the idea of, of, of belief bias. Of, of we have a belief in our head, our belief in our, in our system, and facts that we, that we receive but only we, we tend to, to gravitate to or hold on to those who support our belief. And that's true. It's, it's normal human nature. I think there's anything uh, right or wrong about it. It's just what it is. But to critically look at our beliefs is not part of human nature. Look at how we're raised, what we, what we were taught, to critically look at it and examine if it's true is not part of our nature. Or what did Rahab do? Now, was Rahab raised up believing in a single God? When she's in a Canaanite town of Jericho. She's a Gentile in every, every capacity way. Now, it says she's a harlot. I don't know if she was or wasn't. I think you debate what the word means, but she's a paid prostitute. <laughs> the likelihood of believing the one true God of Israel is, in my world, probably zero or near zero. Meaning she wasn't raised in it. She wasn't raised to believe that. But yet, the facts that came to her, the Red Sea, destroying the, the, the people of Egypt, the, the army, the plagues that went through, all of those affected her belief. And her belief bias, she took it, threw it out the window. With the ten spies, two spies, and, and, and let them down. <laughs> her belief bias, she threw away. I now have, with the facts given to me, a new belief. A new fundamental idea of who and what God is. So that tells you she, in my, my, my worldview, is a very flexible, understanding person who's willing to examine facts and say, does this make sense? Does it not? Is my preconceived, raised-up belief system right, or is it wrong? And question it. That's a good thing. Ideally, in my world, every person would question their beliefs. Not say, is there God? Question, is there God? Let's find out. Read about him. Is, does he have an a, idea of what's right and wrong? Let's find out. Read about it. Study it. Learn it. Reinforce your belief. Reinforce my belief. That's our idea. That's our goal. I believe that what is true and check it. The people of Israel did not do that. They aren't willing to receive as God finally said, I'm done with them. I'm finished. They're afraid of dying. I'll make that happen. I'll kill them off. Two or four years, but I'll do it. They believe they're going to die out here. Okay. God says, okay, not a problem. We'll make it happen. You believe you'll die, I'll let you die. I'm done with you. Why don't I want God to tell it to me? I don't want to tell it to any of you either. If, we, if we're not sure on something, let's find out. Let's let our, like our fears dictate our actions. Let our God dictate our actions. Let Him walk our path. Let Him decide what is good and what is not good. 
Where is faith at? Where do I trust in God versus where is where trust in something else? That's a positive thing. We want that. It's a good thing to help us out in our walk. When I repent to God, what am I afraid of? What was I repenting of? Repenting of it. Just because I didn't want the consequence. Or say, no, God, I screwed up. Not because of what I did was right or wrong, but what you told me to do was not what I did. And I didn't obey you. You're the person I failed at. My belief was not in you as it should have been. My fear was in this instead of my fear in you. My belief was on this instead of what actually the facts supported. My preconceived notion in life is this versus real life, which is what you give. To make sense? Do you want to understand the idea that these, these 10 spies went through them, the principle being that they had a particular way of life they wanted to do, they supported. And the people then, of course, believe they attached themselves to it. The people then obviously realize their mistake, but their mistake, their realization was more on the consequence thereafter, not true repentance. That's right. Like God is a person whom I failed, not the act of not going in. It was God who I failed because I was afraid of the wrong thing. Now that I realize for the wrong thing, here's the consequence that follows it. I took the consequence of my failures, even though I repent or regret when you argue the word. And even though I, I, I wish it wasn't the case, I still have to accept the consequence. Now I go through life and I see life and I see, say something, say, hey, this person made, uh, uh, has taught me incorrectly in my life. Okay, regardless of the person, what was I taught? Re-examine it. Was I taught right? Does the facts support my belief? Yes or no? The facts don't support it. Alter or discard my belief. Find facts do support it. I was real. Create a new belief based on new facts you have. Not just a few of them, but all of them. Rahab did all of them. All the facts you got. Made a new belief system out of it. Those are positive things. Those challenge what we walk, what we think, and how we do our live our lives. Those are good stuff. We want that. That keeps us strong, keeps us wise. Besides that, my uh, my people perish for lack of knowledge. They perish because they don't they comprehend what am I doing and why am I doing it? Does did my belief system support this? Is it correct? The facts support my beliefs. They don't. Something's wrong. Something's in error. Acknowledge it and try to fix it if you can, as Rahab did. So we conclude with, chapter, with, with Matthew 10. So the people have spent out, Larry read up to in verse, uh, I think verse 10, things like that. But also points out in verse 11, 12, 13, 14. It says, Where so you tell you go, enter, inquire who is worthy, and stay there until you go out. Um, and when you go into your household, greet it to the household worthy, let your peace come to it. If it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. So if, if I'm going through my life, if I'm going through my, my walk with God, if I run across a scenario, a situation difficult for me, that's fearful to me, that I'm afraid of, blow my fear to control this. If someone receives good from me or I receive good from them, great. If it doesn't, turn around, walk out. It's not useful to you, not useful to them. Not a blessing to you, a blessing to them. The ten spies, they were supposed to observe and see and come back with a report. You know, with a bad report, this was coming up with a report. It wasn't a good one. The households, to speak, of the Canaanites didn't receive them well, but were supposed to. 
but it points out here that if it regards of what the world around me does, I have to pay attention to what God has walked me through. God walked the Israelites through the Red Sea. He walked them through the ten plagues, walked them through the, the food, the lack of food. Rahab saw that God walked into the Red Sea, walked the ten plagues, walked into the lack of food, and all the, the wars he went through. So, what do I see versus what do I believe? They should be the same. They aren't the same, so they're wrong. The people, the, 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 the apostles that Messiah sends out, what do they see? They'll either see a greeting of welcome or see a, see a, a repelling, go away. If it says go away, dust yourself off, go to the next town. That's okay. So that would happen. The Canaanites say, I don't want you here. Go away. That's the ten spies. Could be. Dust yourself off, go to the next town. That's okay. That's not a problem. Don't be afraid of them. Don't fear the consequence. Follow what you got told to do. Follow the path he walked you through. And you'll do okay. You've been listening to a discussion at Hallel Fellowship. If you would like to hear more discussions or if you have any questions, visit the website at hallel.info. That's H-A-L-L-E-L dot I-N-F-O. Hallel.info. Hallel.info.